0: This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them.
1: You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo, And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing right now, dude? I, the uh, the the air conditioner is out at the Country Squire, mm. and I I don't know if I have to remind you or our listeners, but we live in you know basically a part of the country that without modern technology is uninhabitable. <laughs> right. right, right, right. It's it's like it's AC or death, AC or I, death. That's it really is, man. I, I we're just we're just kind of suffering, you know. I fortunately our uh, our humidor in the part of our shop that uh you know stores pipe tobacco and stuff has got its own uh, air conditioning unit which is nice but uh yeah folks are coming in and it's kind of sweltery and they're like yeah i think i'll get my stuff and and leave man <laughs> so yeah it's been kind of a rough day man yeah oh that is awful what's uh, uh, what's going on with you dude
0: well so one of the things our listeners might notice right now is i'm i'm a little echoey uh are you I've in the bathroom ret- well no i'm actually i'm back in my office but here's the thing two two things one thing i've noticed is so, we, you know, we, we've been in the process of this kitchen remodel for what seems like an eternity. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's kind of coming to the close of the first phase, which is nice. Um, but we needed to move. We How do I say this? We moved our, we got an outdoor couch for the inside <laughs> sunroom. And oh, oh, yeah. Okay. During this process, we moved it outside and determined that we like it better outside. And so now we have a big sunroom with no couch. And so the couch that was in my office is now in the sunroom. And so it's more echoey in here because that used to you know, absorb some <laughs> of the, the reverb. The other thing, though, is, and this, this I don't think I really realized. You know, uh, I don't, can't remember if it was last episode or the one before that. Yeah. I recorded um, in bed. This was,
1: this was discussed. That, yeah, it, it was discussed. It was, it was disgusting.
0: So, no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. (laughs) Disgusting for you and me and the mental picture that we may have painted for everybody, but the reality is, like, the audio quality is way better, because, like, all of, like, the sheets and cushions and pillows and everything absorb everything. Oh. I might have to, if my wife doesn't just absolutely, like, destroy me, I might have to figure out some means of, like, setting up a microphone in the bedroom, because I'm telling (laughs) you, it actually, it works, not not, not in any inappropriate way, I'm just talking about from...
1: (laughs) But I should
0: have seen. I should have seen where this was going. It's low hanging <laughs>
1: fruit. It's fruit, man. I, I'm I'm just telling you. Like I, I I needed the comedic relief today. You didn't mm. even plan on it. Like it, it's no. just it, it was it, it it's it's fantastic, man. I, I please please ask Mrs. Bo if you can put a microphone in the bedroom. P- please, yeah, do.
0: fantastic. Listen. <laughs> anyway, so y'all y'all let me know if y'all y'all notice a, a substantial. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I want I want the listeners to let me know if y'all y'all notice a substantial difference. I mean, That's admittedly, funny. like it's worse now because the the couches in Here, but if 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 the recording from the bed episode was the best, I I think I think we may have innovated. There'd
1: be a future in that, you you know, old CSR with the uh, bathrobe and the uh, pipe, and you know, a glass of Pinot Grigio, and there you go, you know, some yeah. slippers uh, up on the up on the sofa and all that kind of stuff. That'd be
0: good. That'd be great. Okay. That'd be great. All right. Well, then, I, so I, I but I do want to address that right out the gate in case people notice, like, hey, okay. things sound different. Uh, man, we've got so much going on. We've got some amazing new we squires do. to, to make mention of, but that's going to have to be in a future episode just cause we got a, a lot of show to jump into Yeah, and, uh, and I wasn't able to collect all the names, but I, I do see y'all like I, we are just constantly blown away by the support for this show at patreon.com slash country squire radio is the place to go and, uh, and make sure that this show happens to you every single week. I mean, man, I really was like reflecting in preparation for, for this episode, like, man, like. For one thing, I yeah. think, you know, part of it is, is you know, we've, we've all been locked up for the most part this yeah. year, as, you know, broadly this year. But the other thing is, I, sometimes I forget about just how many people listen to this thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's tremendous, Bo. And I, to be honest with you, you know, every time it's come up this year, we've been incredibly moved. As hard as this year has been for for all of us and, you know, mm. for so many folks, I mean, folks have just, I, I don't know if faithful is the right word or just incredibly. Uh, generous they they've they've just um and they've 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 stepped up and and supported our podcast and um it, it's been breathtaking frankly <laughs> uh, yeah, It really it, has. It really it really has been so we're we're honored in such a uncertain time and uh such a crazy time that uh, so many folks would support us and yeah we're 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 honored man it just every single week we are thrilled to be here and and thrilled to be a part of your weekly routine. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, like cards on the table. I mean, I think it's safe to say. I know I I was in, in this headspace, and I think you were probably as well. Like we thought that COVID was going to kill Country Square Radio. Like, they, <laughs> they, they, like yeah. that's just that's just the reality. We thought for sure we were going to end up in a situation where yeah. the support wouldn't be there, and we we couldn't really justify it. And yeah, no, y'all have y'all have upped the ante and and really fueled us immensely. And so uh, thank y'all so much. And if you want to be part of that again patreoncom slash Country radio is the place to do it. Speaking of of the shekels and 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 the finances and such, this yeah. is gonna be this is gonna be one of those episodes that I feel like we probably should have done years ago. You know what I mean? And, and maybe <laughs> maybe this is a topic that we have talked about before, but but certainly not to the level we're going to this this week. Yeah. Cast your mind back a couple of weeks ago. And, and you know, I always kind of, you know, while they, there is so many people listening, I, I always try to keep in mind that every single episode is somebody's first episode. And so what what folks might not realize is this is your first episode is a couple of weeks back, there was kind of a question. It was a pipe question of the week that I actually posed to John David about overspending on a particular pipe and essentially having buyer's remorse. Well, what I didn't quite realize is that in asking that question, I kind of like pinched a little bit of a nerve, maybe maybe yeah. touched an area where yeah. I think many of us as pipe smokers have have felt that before. And the notion of either Maybe we our, our eyes were bigger than our stomachs, as my mom used to like to say or <laughs> or maybe it's we had a very pushy salesperson who maybe made us feel a kind of way that that led us to spending more more dollars than we wanted to on a particular pipe sure Th- yeah. there's a lot of different angles to slice it, but the reality is because this is a let's say hobby that people get into without really fully understanding the value and the financial kind of you know, reality that is expensive, (laughs) the expenses around pipe smoking and owning (laughs) pipes, collecting pipes, like, you know, you, you think of it in a very simple kind of, you know, huck fin corn cob kind of way. But the reality is you get in there and there is like, you know, 300, 400, 500, 600 there, there, you can spend some money on some pipes. Yeah. And so, you know, we've all done it. We've all been there before. We've all bought a pipe, no matter if it was like our first pipe and we spent like $10 too much or if it's later on and we you know took out a second mortgage to get that particular Merstream <laughs> pipe whatever it may be we're talking about buyer's remorse
1: buyer's remorse in the pipe world yeah it's it's interesting because you know, there the pipe smoking can be as inexpensive or as expensive as you want it to be, right? I mean, you, you know, like you said, we've got those high quality Missouri Mearsham pipes that start under ten dollars, or you know, you can buy those exquisitely carved artisanal pipes that, you know, if your if your wife found out how much it cost, you'd be on the couch for a week and a half, you know, <laughs> so yeah, or yeah. or you may have to sell your couch because it, <laughs> it, it costs that much, or you may lose right. your home that your couch is in because it you, say, know, you might you'll you. Be might you might have lost your wife over that one, man. It <laughs> right? It's on... <laughs> uh, it's 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 a it's ama- it really is. Uh, you know, pipe smoking so versatile, and it can be as as inexpensive or as expensive as you as you want it to be. But you know, we all have have pined over maybe that one briar, that one mm-hmm. meerschaum, You know, those pipes that a uh, Morta pipe, something unique and odd, or just captivating that grabs your you know heartstrings and and starts tugging on you. And you know, one of those pipes that you're like, man. You know, this is this is not what I was planning on purchasing, but I'm gonna pull the trigger, or or maybe it is something you planned on purchasing, and you know, you wound up you know spending significant coin on a pipe, but then you realized afterwards that you know maybe that was a mistake, and so um, yeah, we're gonna talk about that today. Kind of fun. We are,
0: and you know, the funny thing is, buyers remorse can really take many different you know angles in terms of you know maybe it's not the quality that you wanted or whatever it is. But reality is that, you know, more often than not, it does kind of come to the price point for the pipe. Before we dive into some of these stories and even share a few stories of our own, I got to ask you, John David, I think I think I actually know the answer to this question. And and so I'm kind of curious. What is the most expensive pipe that the Country Squire has ever had for sale? Not necessarily. (laughs) Like Maybe you sold it. Maybe you didn't. But what was the most expensive pipe that the Country Squire has ever had for sale?
1: Okay, it, since I'm going to I'm going to answer this doubly, okay? okay? Since since I have owned the Country Squire mm-hmm. for the past what four years now. We the most expensive pipe we've had in our inventory is a $1500 Castello. And the the Castello, it's it's a it's a gorgeous pipe. Of course, it's their top of the line, Fiamata and all this stuff, but the the thing that makes this particular pipe so uh expensive is that the the briar for this pipe was harvested in 1982. Whoa, um and whoa, it it, okay. it it was harvested before you and I were born and then sat in a barn in northern italy for uh 30 let's see th- that that would have been at the time when we purchased that pipe it would have been 37 Years okay okay something like that, uh before they carved the the pipe out of that piece of briar and so they they let that premium exquisite you know unicorn piece of briar sit in that in that you know drying barn for that long before they carved the pipe and yeah so that that's been the most expensive that we've had since you know since we've owned the country squire I will say back in the seventies <laughs> we had a, a and I've have got a photographic evidence to prove this we had a traveling show of Sheraton pipes. For a week, we had a $10,000 Sheraton pipe Whoa. at the Country Squire. And that it was buggy. for sale, but yeah. it, it was mostly for show. But it, it, it was for sale. They were marketing it as the world's most expensive pipe. And it came on a traveling show here to the Country Squire. That would have been, I think, 1972, maybe. But wow. you know, just wow. think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about the cost of a ten thousand dollar pipe in in nineteen seventy two. In nineteen
0: seventy two, that's right. insane. Man.
1: I mean, yeah. you you could buy an aircraft carrier. <laughs> man,
0: all right. Look, I don't look. I you know I know we shouldn't say this as Mississippians, right? But what would they think in bringing that
1: to Mississippi? Like I know, right? Them. Like I, you know what I mean? Like like what what, what <laughs> we got that kind of coin, you know? <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> I know, right? We had trouble, sh- you know, spelling Sheraton, much less, uh, you know, Come on. <laughs> scrapping together enough <laughs> shekels to buy one. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it, it's it's just funny, man. You know, that's one of those things that is kind of a once in a lifetime deal, and they had that, so kind of neat. But um, okay, all yeah. right,
0: interesting. All right, so uh, to yeah. be honest, man, neither was the one that I thought of. I. You you had a couple of years back, and I don't know if you ever sold it or if it is still there. Yeah, I, w- I won't say collecting dust because I know you you keep that place since the remodel, very very clean.
1: We try to try to be spick and span. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. But but there was like this massive. I want to say it was like thirteen hundred dollar,
1: like Sultan head meerschaum. The pump. meerschaum head. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It, it the the head of this meerschaum is a giant meerschaum. When the guy brought it in, it was a huge. Assignment. It was yeah. a consignment piece. I actually thought when he brought it in that it was it was a French horn mm. or some type of musical instrument. It was you know in the typical Meersham case that you see the black case with the little hasp you know brass looking hasp lock on there and and so you know he opened it up and it was this exquisite Meersham pipe that was as big as a bowling ball. It was just a very large meerschaum. The sultan's head, this very intricately carved, you know, headdress and, you know, wrap on Insanely there. Insanely detailed, uh, yeah. Feathers and all kinds of little stitching that you could see. And the whiskers in his mustache and beard were just incredibly detailed and on and on. But, the you know, this particular pipe probably could have held... Uh, An ounce of tobacco. I I I would say on the on the conservative side, it would have been an ounce of tobacco. Yeah. So uh, really a remarkable pipe, and one of those too that you had to put together in multiple pieces. So once you pulled this giant head out of the French horn case, (laughs) then (laughs) you attached multiple pieces of stem to this, and different you know different meerschaum pieces kind of lined up to make this very long stem. So it wasn't just a sultan's head the size of a bowling ball. It was it was you know basically a church warden as well because. Of all these extra long pieces and just a ridiculous pipe, it was a it was a ridiculous piece. Yeah, and that one I think we um had the sticker on that was uh, was thirteen hundred dollars on that. That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All
0: right. So, so, do you remember where that ended up?
1: Yeah, I think actually, if I'm remembering correctly, we did not sell that pipe, and the owner we kept it a few months and tried to market it, and then the owner of that pipe wound up taking it back after our you know little period of trying to sell it, and then I think wound up either keeping it or trying to sell it himself. So I, right, I, I'm not right, right. exactly sure what happened to that piece, but it was it was truly stunning. Yeah, it, that was one of those that you hate to see walk out of the shop, but for liability reasons, you're kind of glad you did. <laughs> you, you did.
0: It left an impression, to be sure, but that's yeah. the thing, man. And that's, you know, you think about if you're going to spend, like, crazy dollars on a pipe, you, you want it, you want it to leave an impression. And so, you know, whether or not you're able to do that to the extent that justifies in your own mind the amount of money you shelled out— That's really what goes into buyer's remorse, and so man, let's let's dive into some of these stories here. Why don't you go ahead and take uh, this first one here from Andre Tessier?
1: Yeah, man, this is great. We got this a while back, and it it is hilarious. I'm glad uh, glad we have this to start out with. Andre, good friend of the show, he says you asked about the most expensive pipe and regret. Uh, While not my most expensive pipe, I did buy one of the Country Squire 50th anniversary pipes. I was one of those guys that paused the podcast and called the shop immediately to buy it. (laughs) I remember (laughs) when this happened. it was, it was great. He was like, Do you still have any? Uh, I actually pulled off the side of the road to do so. Uh, I bought it sight unseen and bought it before I knew the price, as long as I was able to buy my badge number from the fire department. Side note, I was and I did. It, it was kind of cool. He said, if I'm remembering correctly, he wanted pipe number 17 and he would take it sight unseen as long as he could get pipe number 17, okay. uh, which was his badge number with the uh, with the fire department. And wow, so yeah. it, at first I didn't think we had it, and then I, I thought we'd already sold. That number, and then I tracked it down and called him back, and he was like, It's mine. (laughs) So Andre continues. He says, The regret is following the following week, since I'm not as at work as often as I used to be, and my wife had the day off, we went to visit Sag Harbor out here on Long Island hoity-toity area. I mean, the yachts in the harbor have flags that state the home port in Bermuda, for Pete's sake. (laughs) (laughs) This is Andre kind of waxing about it. While driving up there, I said I wanted to listen to podcasts. We would listen to her music on the return trip. In that episode that they were listening to, John David went into how quickly they sold out of the pipe telling tales of how people listening to the podcast called in at this point i felt my wife's eyes <laughs> on me <laughs> and then jd and then jd goes and says and this was an expensive pipe oh. 200 225 dollars is what we sold them for <laughs> so not regret but man do i wish i'd put on L- v- brian levine for the drive up <laughs> and that's from our friend andre that that, that's that's hilarious (laughs) sir yeah it it, it's funny i got him in trouble that day i really did i you know i was so thrilled and Honored that these pipes sold so quickly, we were proud of them and and thought they would move, but it was uh, it was really uh, startling how fast they moved. And uh, and of course, you know, I wanted to share that. And of course, I, I didn't know that Andre would be driving with his betrothed to their uh, <laughs> their beautiful hoity-toity area. And and yeah, he he probably didn't get a dog biscuit that night. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, that's
0: what well, First of all, great story. And yeah, no, I love it. But what I love about that, well, there's a lot I love about this story, but but <laughs> one of the main reasons i wanted to highlight this story in particular is because you know so much of buyers remorse mores can really go into the way in which our significant others appreciate the the, the craft the hobby or, or or to a lesser extent maybe not as much especially once the dollar amount starts going up and yeah you know, I've, i feel like everyone no matter who you are if you are if you are into a hobby and your spouse is not you know that like tightrope right you know oh, yeah. that oh, <laughs> there yeah. is an amount of dollar that you can spend on whatever it may be. Maybe it's uh, figurines or or pipes or or comic (laughs) books or vinyl records or or tennis shoes, whatever it may be. There is that general yet not fully unstated line that exists. And you never quite know, and this is the thing, John David, you never quite know where the line is, but you always know when you've crossed it. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) even before they find out, you already know when you're making that purchase that like, this is going to come up, and so you're really, what you're doing is you're scheduling a point in time for when that thing hits the budget and they see the budget, and now when you made the purchase, that you you now have this time to plan and preparation for how you are going to justify slash explain slash, you know, <laughs> prime the pump get them excited. You, no, not repent. You, you want to you sell them, man. You want to get them on board with the fact <laughs> that you're about to spend this money. And what we did, John David... We stole that from Andre. <laughs> we, stole, <laughs> we injected into this this time period where you know he knows. He was like doing the math in his head trying to figure out like, hey, baby, you know, guess what? I got this, this is such a special time right now for the folks over at Country Squire. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and this this podcast is so great. You know, like like he weaving that into conversation <laughs> and everything. And no, we just ripped it, ripped that band-aid right on off. Oh, no, um, we did. We so, did. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> if nothing else, hopefully it made you a little bit like more 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 on par with the rest of the Hoity toities
1: up there, Rock. In that uh, high-class bite. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You look good wearing your ascot with your smoking jacket.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of those striped, you know, the, the big striped French shirts that that's all right. French people wear. And there goes our <laughs> French listeners. All right, man. Next one. <laughs> this next one's coming in from uh, our boy Greg, a.k.a. Just Greg, which, by just the way, Greg. I love that Greg has embraced the Just Greg. <laughs> his, yep. His, his mocker. Yep. What did Greg have to say?
1: <laughs> he said, I recently discovered your podcast, and boy, it's been an awesome way to pass the time, especially when driving. Uh, I'm a college student and have been stuck in Zoom University, and I've found that the tobacco pipe is a great way to interact with the material world through feeling the briar and tasting that sweet, sweet Virginia. After hearing your latest podcast, I am excited to share with you my story about how I got into piping, which also is a story of how I got suckered into buying an expensive pipe, at least for my standards. (laughs) I was showing a friend around my parents' town, and we stumbled upon a pipe shop. Uh, My friend had been interested in getting into piping for a while and specifically wanted a meerschaum. I, meanwhile, was on my last week of nicotine patches after successfully quitting vaping, <laughs> but couldn't resist taking him into the store. 30 minutes of deliberation later, and I walked out with a $200 SMS Lattice Meerschaum. <laughs> wow. Having never smoked a pipe before in my life. This is like a recovering addict. He walks into, you know, the place that <laughs> it's just, man, it, Greg, this is, this is, this is, this is incredible. Classic. Um, he goes on to say uh 30 minutes okay so he he bought a to $200 uh sms mirror from Needless to say, uh, my wallet was furious with me. However, I now have some fond memories of smoking 1Q by the beach, uh, which is indeed priceless. Uh, Currently, I am much happier smoking a Meerschaum sourced from Missouri, uh, a legend (laughs) to be specific, as I don't have to worry about breaking it or damaging it via gross misuse by a novice smoker. (laughs) My real Meerschaum remains tucked away until I get my piping sea legs. On another note, I recently, today, bought an author-style pipe by Rossi. And boy, it's a great smoker. If you ever need a new pipe style to cover for an episode, I highly recommend this shape. Uh, It feels great in the hand, runs a pipe cleaner with ease, and provides a great tasting smoke. Anyway, happy piping, and that's sincerely Just Greg.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Just Greg. I love this story so much because I resonate with it. You know what I mean? Like, the... The pushy salesman. We've talked about this in Pipe Shop Fails, right? Like, this has come up before. (laughs) And, you know, there is mm, mm, – so much pipe buying remorse comes from that first time purchasing a pipe. Because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there is a major – like, there's a learning curve that goes with this hobby. Not just the actual craft and the practice of, you know, learning how to smoke a pipe – but also the the general expense that goes in like like what it is you're getting. You know, yeah. if I could like make a comparison, I used to work in telecom back in the day, like, you know, gosh, <laughs> well over a decade ago. I remember that the iPhone came out and it was super expensive and people were like trying to, you know, but they didn't care. They were like, you know, wrestling out every single dollar they could to try to get the iPhone in like the early right. days. And then you had the Androids come out with, you know, all of these different kind of competitive devices. And at the time, we could sell Androids, but we couldn't sell iPhones. It was a whole deal. But the thing is, everybody was coming in, and they would buy their phone, and they would sign up for a contract, and they'd get some sort of, you know, crazy deal of, like, buy one, get one free, whatever it is. And then they'd go, and they'd break this thing. And they'd come back, and they want to buy another one, thinking they're going to get one for free. And it's like, no, that's actually $900. And they're like, yeah. whoa, 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 $900 for a phone? And it's like, well, hold on, buddy that's not a phone that you purchased. Like that is like a, that has more computing power than your home computer. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this thing that you spend thousands of dollars on. That's a
1: tricorder.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, but you don't appreciate the value that you actually have in your hand yeah, because you know, yeah. you cause you don't know any better, especially like, you know, think about like those old school Nokia's, which honestly that's where the value is, but that's a whole nother industry <laughs> and, and, and conversation point is people enter into this space not understand like fully understanding or appreciating the value that a pipe has especially on kind of the the higher end side of things and so when you do that and you kind of walk through the door If you've got a salesman to come in and not like bring you in kind of gracefully and kind of walk you down like where you're at as a pipe smoker. Oh, you're getting started. All right. Well, let's take a look at these basket pipes. Like, you know, oh, you're a pipe smoker, but you also got, you know, crazy buku dollars from selling your tech startup in in the, you know, late 2000s. (laughs) Yeah. No, let's start you out on the high end side. Like, you know, like you need to you need to realize where your customer is at and meet them where they're at and not push something on them that they are just simply not ready for.
1: Yeah, and it's a fine line to walk as a as a retailer because it does require you to read the customer. Right? There it's it like is. okay, right. you're you know you're this cold reading kind of thing, but at the same time, you know we we need to be careful not to judge a book by its cover. Right? You have to mm-hmm. really engage with the customer to make sure that what you're understanding that they want is is accurate you know um a lot of times folks will walk in and you know if they're not wearing a business suit, you might uh want to you know direct them to a certain part of the shop, but then they might be the guy that uh goes and buys a a seven hundred dollar dunhill and 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 not just you know not just buys one but came in looking for one <laughs> right. so um you know it 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 is interesting but um but yeah, you know a lot of folks they get that uh kind of wool pulled over their eyes a uh, upsell. Uh, type thing, which, um, you know, can can go a couple ways, right? It's like, well, I I wouldn't have bought that pipe, but, boy, I'm glad I did because it's such a great smoker and I wouldn't have done that otherwise – or, gosh, I can't believe I spent that much money on a pipe when, you know, really a you know a seventy dollar Rossi would have been a would have been a great fit for me. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I think where folks get in the biggest trouble is where just Greg got into trouble here, and that's going right. into a pipe shop not expecting to buy anything, and then uh, you know really just window shopping, right? Just browsing, kind of out of curiosity, if nothing else, and you know tagging along with his buddy that was purchasing this. Um, you know, was interested into getting into pipe smoking, and before you know it, Greg's pulled the trigger. Uh, or, um, yeah, Greg's pulled the trigger on an exquisite Turkish pipe. <laughs> Doesn't know what to do with himself. Is caught blindsided. So pearls
0: before swine. No offense, just Greg. But I mean, like oh, no. there is like, like <laughs> it's just it's, it's just wrong. It's wrong to do to Greg, and it's wrong to do to anybody. <laughs>
1: it's, it's part of it. I mean, you it's know, a pet it,
0: peeve of mine, man. Well, I do not like But at like the that. same
1: at the same time, you can't control who. If you're Macy's in New York, you can't control who walks by your window kind of thing. Okay. I mean, like, um, yeah, it's a balance, but, you know, I think uh, a lot of folks, they'll get in there and purchase a pipe and and realize afterwards, like, oh, wow, like, you know, I I could have bought a, um, you know, a a $50 uh, basket pipe might have been, might have been acceptable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, look,
0: I will say this, especially like this, because there is a twist to this, right? Like there is. Uh, th- there is redemption that comes in the morning. Like I, I do think that as Greg has kind of noted here, he- he's he's yet to actually smoke this pipe, and is is rocking a, a quality corn cob pipe from our good friends at Missouri
1: Miriam. It's not time for that transition yet, so I'll <laughs> just you know, yeah, I'll I'll tee that up for later. It'll come back, I promise. I think he did. S- I think he said he did smoke the pipe, but has kind of set it aside now. But see, that's my point, right? Like yeah. to some extent, if, if if this is you, this I think this is
0: really kind of the message I want to put out with this yeah. in particular, because you know. One of the things that we see with a lot of these episodes that we do, especially like 101 episodes, and I think buyer's remorse is going to speak. I just have this feeling, man. Buyer's remorse is going to speak to a lot of like newer (laughs) pipe smokers. If this is you or you have a similar story where you have purchased a pipe early on, you spent more money than you really thought and you didn't know what you were getting. And now you've got kind of this precious item that you really don't feel comfortable with you know, because you don't yet know how to smoke it or anything yeah, like
1: that. Never connected with or something of that nature.
0: Yeah. Get something that's far more affordable. Figure out whether or not you like the craft. I mean, like there, there's a point to that. pipe smoking is not for everybody. I know like like that, the reality is, is you, you've you got to figure out whether or not this is something that you're passionate about and, and yeah. you enjoy. Like if you're listening to this podcast, guess what? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like you're, you're, you probably are really into you're pro this. You've probably bought in. <laughs> that's exactly right. But the reality is, is like, you know, try it out figure it out, get the mechanics down of how to smoke a pipe, find somebody, find a mentor, hopefully your local tobacconist, whoever it is, that can kind of show you the ropes and work your way to being able to pick up that pipe that you spent 200 plus dollars on with pride yeah. and enjoy it as somebody who knows what they're doing and does not have to look back on this thing as like, you know, oh, this big chunk of change I just wasted, and more of like right. no, I set my this is you know a a per- a, a personal investment, not in a financial sense but a personal investment on a goal that I wanted to get to." Yeah, and I did it, and that that pipe can kind of represent that for you.
1: That's a great way to put it. Yeah, I like I like that. You know, hey, recently this past year, my wife and I we bought a really expensive bottle of wine. It was just once one of those once in a lifetime kind of things. It Was like you know let's just do it, and uh, we we really like wine. That's you know we're by no means experts or anything, but we did that. And you know I think if I hadn't have had you know a million glasses before mm. and developed some type of appreciation for this and that about it, that, you know, it just would have been kind of wasted on me, you know? So it's one of those things like maybe at first, as soon as you buy it, it becomes a Uh, remorse. But then, you know, after you revisit it after a long time, you know, of experience or just more knowledge then you, uh, you you may learn to appreciate it for what it really is. That's exactly right.
0: That's, that's a great comparison too, man. You know, it's interesting. I, I want to try to get at least one more in here. But I this is, this is, this is a fascinating topic of conversation that I have a feeling may end up becoming like a a mini series down the line. Uh, but I do want to at least get one more in here. Uh, this this one's from Jeff Burns, man. What did Jeff yeah, have to say? Yeah, he says,
1: hey, guys, love the show. Listen to today's episode and heard y'all were soliciting stories about our most expensive pipe and how that went for us. I have a pretty funny story to share. I started smoking a pipe when I was fresh out of high school, but got away from the hobby for many years. When I decided to pick it back up, I got a basket pipe from a local brick-and-mortar and a bag of Lane RLP-6. Uh, after a few years of smoking that pipe and a couple of Missouri from corn cobs, I finally decided I was going to treat myself to a nice pipe. I started studying shapes, sizes, finishes on various online retailers. Then one day I found a pipe I, that was absolutely uh, head over heels in love with. It was an estate Ashton pipe, a pebble grain oompal. It was a big and beautiful and cost me $225, probably 10 times more than I'd ever spent on a pipe. (laughs) But as you pointed out on the show, Bent versus Straight Pipes, that oompal smoked, shall we say, wet. So wet, in fact, that the first time I smoked it, I got the worst Mm. tongue bite I ever had. And on subsequent smokes, I couldn't get it to stop gurgling no matter what I did. Uh, That pipe showed me just how novice novice a pipe smoker I truly was. Well, needless to say, I wasn't happy that my super expensive pipe didn't smoke well, and my wife wasn't happy that I'd spent $225 on a pipe without talking to her about it. (laughs) (laughs) So even though the company I bought it from had a little you-can-return-it-as-long-as-you-haven't-smoked-it policy, I figured it was an estate and had already been smoked anyways. So what did a few more bowls really hurt? I cleaned it as best I could and returned it, five fingers crossed that no one would notice my deception. (laughs) He pulled the wool over the eyes of the the retailer. Now, years later, I regret everything (laughs) about that pipe. I regret uh, convincing myself that somehow I spent a lot of money to get a good smoking pipe. I regret that I didn't talk it over with my wife before making such a large purchase for something I definitely didn't need and really couldn't afford. And I regret my dishonesty in returning a used product against the company policy lessons learned all around. And that is from Jeff Burns and gosh is, has there ever been a more like emotionally honest uh, listener feedback on this show? That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. so much awareness, man. That is great. Yeah. That that's, that's really cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. This, this is a great one because it does yeah. just touch with every single point there. Man, I, you know, one thing I, I kind of wanted to to ask you about because I think Jeff, you know, talks about the, the the. I think sometimes we we buy a pipe based off of one thing or another, and it ends up that in practice, it's not the vision that yeah, we great have way to put it. What the experience mm-hmm. would be. I'm curious if there are, like any standouts for you. I'm I'm not going to have you like name yeah, names sure. in terms of the manufacturer or anything like that. But is is there a particular couple pipes that, that stand out for you? Yeah,
1: th- there are. I, particularly this this Morta pipe that I own that I, I I I love and I envisioned myself smoking it quite a bit when I bought it. But it's become one of those pipes that you know, it sits there on the shelf, and I'm like, man, it's beautiful, but I don't use it the way I intended to. It's just not something that has come to fruition the way I, I thought it might, and so, um yeah, you know, there there are those pipes that you get that are like that. There's another artisan carver pipe that I've got that, you know, is a, um, a, a very handsome pipe. It's beautiful. It's something that, that I pined over and wanted, and then I got it, and I realized that, you know, I I just didn't connect with it. Other, it's a beautiful pipe. It's something that a gorgeous shape. The grain is stunning. The art artis, artisan uh, craftsmanship is uh, you know just perfect. And so it's a pipe carver that I know and and. Uh, have a lot of respect for. But, you know, for whatever reason, I just never uh, connected with that pipe. And there went another, you know, $350. And so, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, um, you know, you just never know sometimes until you get on the other side of it. You know, the, the thing about pipe smoking, though, is that a lot of times, you know, the cost is up front in the pipe smoking game. You know, you kind of, you buy your pipe and then the tobacco is typically inexpensive. You know, we complain about a, you know, $15.10 of tobacco or whatever. But, you know, in reality, you know, that 60 cent bowl of pipe tobacco is so much less expensive than, uh, you know, let's say a $12 cigar or, or something of that nature, the pipe is the expense. It's kind of the pipe is the, the, the part that's, uh, you know, expensive up front. You know, so sometimes I've kind of utilized that, you know, method of thinking into uh, convincing myself that what I just did wasn't a big mistake. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just everyone's got to figure out their own way to sleep at night, right? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, and and most of us don't have, uh, you know, the uh, the ability to hide our, our personal pipe expenses in the form of our own. That's market shops, research, but, uh, right?
1: I mean, you want to you want to be familiar with what you're selling, you know, and I mean, if the, these yeah. are business expenses, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously something that we have to stay savvy about and connect with and compare different brands to each other and try different tobaccos. And so, yeah, I, I am totally, totally unrepentant.
0: Yeah, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. It's funny because like recording Recording equipment and, and headphones, in particular, are like an area yeah. where, you know, I, I like I like to spend a little little extra dollars. And I I, I mean, there's obviously it is R and D for for what I'm doing. But you know, the great thing is I actually got my wife on board with it now <laughs> because uh, like I've got I've got these like Beats Studio Three Bluetooth headset that has just been incredible. Yeah, uh, has has done very very well for the last like year and a half to I guess two three years at this point. And uh and you know that but they're getting a little little rough around the edges and everything and I was like you know maybe I I need some new ones and she was like do I get your old ones? <laughs> and I was like uh, <laughs> yes you do. And suddenly I, I realized I was like oh there's a there's a cheat code to this. Cheat
1: code. A- <laughs> I just have to get the boss engaged in this thing as well and then they can right <laughs> right, right do right, I right. get the old ones? You,
0: that's the thing. You do that—the hand-me-downs right before they're just completely unusable—and that way you get to upgrade earlier. So that's the thing—you got to get your, uh, your your partner, or your significant other uh, uh, into pipe smoking, and then uh, <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, that pipe you love that I that I smoke all the time—you you can smoke it more if I get this pipe. That's <laughs> that's how that works. That's how it works. But you know you know who's got it made, who can justify like like crazy crazy expenses because he doesn't even really have to spend all the money to like be able to smoke all the pipes he wants, who? right? That's our good buddy Phil over at uh, Missouri Oh no, that's Mirashaw. right, man! <laughs> like, dude is kicking back and he's like, "What? What's this?" Oh, it's like another like you know mountain of corn. You know he could justify those purchases because they've turned those into some quality corn cob pipes, like manufactured right here in the good old U.S. of A. Can
1: you imagine? Like you, you run out. You know, you you forgot your pipe at home or. Uh, you know, I don't know, left it in your vehicle and, and literally 20 feet to your right is a room with a mound. And I mean, a mound of corncob pipes,
0: <laughs> man, 20 feet to your right and 20 feet below. If you just walk down the stairs, you've got the manufacturers coming out with some of the greatest pipes uh, here in the United States. And let me tell you something, man, like, how about that? If 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 Phil wanted to, let's say he left his, let's say he left his personal pipe at home, he could just roll down and get one seriously, like
1: right hot off the presses. Uh, <laughs> to, it's like oh,
0: just R and D, I'm good to go. No, that's right. It's so, that's
1: right. It, but, it's cool. Look, but
0: those are great pipes.
1: Yeah. No, ahead. they do a great job. It, it it's cool. You know, we talk about buying these really expensive pipes and then having uh, maybe buyer's remorse or you know regret about uh, you know did I spend too much or whatever. Man, I want to let you know what the most expensive pipe is that Missouri Mearsham makes. And and it, it so you think about wow, Missouri Mearsham, they're known for uh quality but at a very reasonable price. The most expensive pipe that they make is thirty eight dollars. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, it's thirty eight dollars, yeah. man, and it is a handcrafted beauty. I'm talking, of course, about the freehand corn cob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. It retails for only thirty seven ninety nine, and uh, is truly a work of art. The deep conical shaped bowl is available in three finishes: uh, rusticated dark stain, natural red cob, or a natural white cob. Its Italian acrylic bit is a little more premium than the stuff they uh, normally use, and it gives this pipe a unique and distinctive appearance. Like our other premium pipes, the free hand has a genuine hardwood insert in the bottom of the bowl. Uh, this pipe serves as a memorable gift to a discerning pipe collector uh, and is really uh, just very attractive. Uh, you can even get it mounted on a plaque that they have as an option uh, as well. And so um, just very, very handsome pipe and something that uh, is unique. And um, man, it, it, as high quality as it is, it's still only a $38 pipe. And uh, and so we love that and love uh, love talking about the folks at Missouri Meersham.
0: Listen, I've got a ton of Missouri Mearsham pipes, and I've never had buyers remorse once from buying any of them. They're quality, quality pipes. If you've got one, be sure to smoke it this week to uh, tweet yourself out doing so. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mearsham know you appreciate them for sponsoring the show.
3: Question
0: of the week. Pipe question of the week coming from the good doctor, Doc Allen, aka Dr. <laughs> Allen, aka Dave. Uh, <laughs> here's what uh, here's what Dave had to say. He said, uh, "Greetings, Bo and John. David. First, let let me offer my congratulations to John David on the upcoming arrival of his new edition. I'm sure you're excited to be entering into this new chapter in life. Exciting times." I digress. Here's my question. I recently cleaned up mm-hmm. a yellow bowl Rhodesian that came in a lot that I purchased on eBay. I noticed the, that the stamping on the pipe said it had been honey cured, but what is this? I'm guessing that's that at least part of, if not the whole stumble is coated in honey for some reason. Could you shed some light on this subject? Thanks for the content. You two keep coming uh, week after week Keep up the good work again. That is Dave, aka the Good Doctor, aka
1: Doc Allen. <laughs> Man, Dave, thanks for thanks for writing in. Thanks for the congratulations. We're excited. Uh, yeah, expecting our second child and find out the gender here in a few weeks. So we're we're thrilled about that. So far, Mama and maybe you're healthy, and, um, yeah, we're, we're still trying to figure out how to deal with the first one, so. <laughs> um, uh, to be- By the time that you got it
0: figured out, though, that's great. The first one will be able to help and be like, no, 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 y'all did this wrong. It's, yeah, it's like this. remember
1: how you messed up with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and I learned how to talk so quickly so I could explain all this to you. That's, that's I think that's why my oldest is so, like, uh, on top of everything. It's funny. <laughs> it's like, let me explain why I was All right. Yes, we we, we digress. digress. Honey honey cured, man. Honey cured.
1: Curing tobacco or curing pipes with uh, a variety of substances is something that has gone back for, uh, you know, quite a while. There's a tradition of doing this. We see it with honey. We see it with rum. These are different substances that what folks are trying to do is impart the flavor of that into the, into the smoke. Uh, uh, Savinelli has come out with a whole variety of things, things like mint and licorice and, you know, stuff where they've tried to you know, impart that flavor into the bowl. Yeah, essentially the, the briar is, um, it, my understanding is the honey is heated up and then allowed to sit in the pipe for a period of time to just kind of soak into that wood and uh, and give it that complexity or at least that essence of, uh, you know, honey or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish there uh, in the pipe. This is before finishing it, uh, you know, and uh, sometimes it'll be, you know, submerged. But I think generally it's just kind of applied to the interior of the pipe this is a fun, it, it's a fun thing. It's something that you can do, you know, to kind of make the pipe a, an interesting, uh, you know, different kind of, you know, experience. The thing about this though, it won't last very long. You know, I've seen pipes that are cured with different, uh, you know, materials, uh, the uh, oil cured pipes, you know, that's something that the first several smokes you'll get tends to have that kind of butteriness that that you don't expect from a pipe. But eventually a lot of that is going to kind of fade out. And so, um, you know, we Savinelli—they have the Miele pipe that uh, is is supposedly honey cured, and one of those pipes that you know it it has that kind of essence at first, but then can kind of you know it, not linger as long as maybe you'd hope that it that it uh, that it would. So, but that is something that folks do, and we've talked about using honey in pipes before anyway. A lot of folks will take honey and kind of smear it on the inside of the bowl in order to help build. A cake, and so you can kind of uh, re-season your own pipe if you like with honey, just to uh, get some of that essence. Clean it really good, and then put some in there to help you build up some cake. Uh, in a good way. So uh, just an option for you. But, you know, typically when a pipe is cured like that on the front end, um, you know, it can be a, uh, you know, a really nice selling point. It can be kind of a treat at first, you know, but a lot of times it uh, is something that, you know, the effects of will will start to diminish you know, relatively quickly. So anyway, just kind of interesting, but that's cool, man. A, a yellow bowl Rhodesian and, um, man, a lot of those yellow bowls from back in the day, beautiful pipes and certainly a collector's market for that. And, uh, man, I hope you Hope you're enjoying it.
0: There you go. Well, thanks, Doc, for that question. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, you can uh, write into the show. That is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire question! Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions. Lord of the Rings edition. Ooh. We haven't had like a Lord of the Rings edition anything in a while. This is Ooh, great. I...
1: okay. Yeah, this is
0: good. All right. The Prancing Pony or the Green Dragon?
1: Ooh, well, I'm gonna go with Green Dragon, the Green Dragon, because we have we have a tobacco called the Green (laughs) Dragon.
0: (laughs) Hey, maybe you should have one called the Prancing Pony, actually.
1: We we could, yeah, we could Mm -hmm. do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so the Prancing uh, Pony. So the Green Dragon, of course, is actually in Hobbiton. Whereas the Prancing Pony, as I recall, is uh, is right outside of Hobbiton. And as more of a Hobbit myself, I'm gonna go with the Green Dragon. Okay, all right, fair. I'll go with the Green Dragon.
1: Uh and then also yeah because pipe tobacco and yada yada yada.
0: <laughs> Lothlórien or the
1: city of Gondor? I've got to go with Gondor. I, I don't know. The the majesty of the the city, the idea of Gondor, the kind of hope and reverence that it uh, exudes and represents. I, I I don't know. I I just I've always had a affinity for that. Even looking at the um you know artwork that they were able to conjure up for the movies and it, it's just powerful to me. So um uh, yeah, I'll go with Gondor.
0: Okay, no, I mean that's that's good. I mean, you know, so Gondor, what was city planning like for Gondor? I mean, like that that whole layout has kind of kind of always been a little ridiculous to me. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> the old it's layer like, cake. <laughs> yeah, the layer cake city. It, it it seems like walking anywhere would just be exhausting unless you lived up and you were constantly going down, but then you'd have to go back up. I actually just had a conversation with my kids about hiking the Grand Canyon and what a what a chore that was. <laughs> And oh. it's like, man, if you lived in if you lived in Gondor, you'd have to do that all the time.
1: Yeah, maybe all should uh maybe y'all should watch uh, Lord of the Rings.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh so Lothlorian, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's up in the trees, you gotta go up in the trees, but once you're up there, you're up there. So yeah, I'm I'm giving Lothlorian uh Ewok cred for okay. being up in the trees. So okay. there you go. Uh Dwarven axe or Elven Sword.
1: I'm just trying to think of how many like there's some guy out there that you upset because you gave Lothlorian Ewok cred, like there's nobody's some guy out there that's that. that's come delin- Right, <laughs> come on, nobody's gonna stop that. I'm gonna go with uh Elven sword. I, I think that would be my uh preferred. I-, I don't know, just I think it would fit me better.
0: I am all about the dwarves, so I'm going dwarven axe, absolutely all the way. Okay, uh, ba- give me a battle axe anytime. I love swords. Don't get me wrong, but like yeah, I'll I will I will be swinging up that battle axe. That's awesome. And then finally, I think we'll, we'll split these up. So we'll go with this next one next uh travel through fanforn forest or through the tunnels of moria
1: gosh i i don't know man i mean you know i guess give me moria that's where that's where you know i i, I don't know the the story the intensity yeah i, I don't know it's a push but i'm going to go i'm going to go with moria
0: the minds of moria yeah i i definitely the minds of moria i actually i mean i i shared this on the podcast a long time back but I was part of this endeavor with another podcast network to kind of collaborate on a Tolkien uh, a TV talk podcast. It was a short lived project, but yeah. during that time, we had this thing where we were all pitching sequels to Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I came up with a sequel that surrounded uh, the prophecy of Durin the Seventh, which was the, is, a, is kind of a prophesied um, uh, some someone from Dwarven lore, in Tolkien's Dwarven lore. Okay. And the coming of, of Durin the Seventh, or, or kind of the, the rise of Durin the Seventh, uh, is is kind of the symbol of the dwarves taking back Moria, you know, as kind of this big sacred city and, and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time like diving into like Moria lore and kind of the history in the background and kind of coming up with the pitch for that. If you're interested, Interested? Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll send you a link to that. No, so I'm going to go with the Minds of Moria.
1: No, it, it, this is interesting. I, I, I actually had forgotten. It's been a little while since I've read the books, and I, I just had to do a quick search. So it's actually Fangorn Forest, and Fangorn. Uh, that was yes, where. Thank you. Yeah, Fangorn Forest uh and this is from uh TolkienGateway.net, was a deep dark woodland uh that grew beneath the southern misty mountains under the eastern flanks that, of that range. Uh it gained ill repute as the habitat of the ents uh in the third age. Uh the forest known as Entwood in Rohan uh was named after the oldest ent, Fangorn. Uh and so um, anyway, that's uh yeah, that's the uh, that that's the the background there. Yeah.
0: I you know I've always wondered how the Ents would feel about pipe smoking. I know that we did see Mary and Pippin like rocking uh, some pipe smoking in, in the presence of Treebeard, but at the same time, uh, you know, yeah. would it, would it be would they see it as disrespectful that you're kind of lighting the the fallen? <laughs> leaves on fire, you know. Like I, I just, my guess
1: I is they would uh, maybe maybe consider that an an homage or a, you know something like, oh, you're honoring, that's true. Our, okay. honoring our fallen uh, companion there. I don't know. Yeah, they fallen brother. Depends like on that. if you harvested the tree in order to make the pipe or if you uh, made the the pipe out of a tree that had already. Uh, been filled. so I don't know exactly there you go Casey Holland <laughs> by the way Casey
0: Holland is the one that uh, came up with these uh, quick fire questions for us yeah, so thank you good. Casey we'll do a few more of them on uh, the next episode and hey if you've got some quick fire questions for us send them into the show that is show at com. again that's show at com. Your, your thoughts your, your comments,
2: comments. Listen listener feedback today.
0: All right, man, listener feedback this week coming in from Pastor Joda. Ooh, man, we are like The Mandalorian is about to come back with Baby Yoda. You know about Baby Yoda?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, do. I do. I haven't seen The Mandalorian but I, I I'm familiar. Dude, you need to see The Mandalorian. It's awesome. It's like I a do. space western
0: and like a samurai film all kind of mixed up into like this eight mini like episode of mini. It's so good. All right, so here's what Pastor Joda has to say. <laughs> uh, so in an episode a couple weeks ago, you guys made a passing comment about uh, all of the pastors that listen to your show. I, too, have noticed the amount of pastors that are pipe smokers, a number of whom engage in CSR as well as many I have seen on YouTube, online forums, interviews on other podcasts, etc. Perhaps this is a self-serving on my part, but I'd love to hear a show hitting on pipe smoking minister or the, the quote unquote the pipe smoking minister. Oh. Uh, pastors, priests, missionaries, that sort of thing. Uh, a pipe and and uh, pipe and the pulpit or something of that nature. Uh, anywho, keep up the good work, fellas, Pastor Joda. That I don't, you know, this. I love this idea, but at the same time, I I too uh, don't want to be too self serving. But but could this actually fall under maybe like a pipe culture exploration? The it might. the the pipe yeah. smoking pastor. I mean, like yeah. that there might be something there, right?
1: Yeah, it could be. Uh, You know, I I always kind of tend to put that in the same category as the uh, pipe smoking therapist, you know, someone Mm, that is in the uh, kind of uh, helping, uh, you hate to use the word industry, but it is is kind of an industry. And so, uh, you know, one of the helping profession people that uh, use the pipe is a Uh, You know, a way to, you know, find a, you know, connectedness and, um, and solace and and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, I think that could be cool. Yeah. Obviously, we do have a lot of, uh, you know, clergy folk that, uh, that smoke a pipe. And I've always kind of considered that a a point of pride. You know, it uh, makes me, makes me thrilled. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, we've got a bunch of folks here at the shop that, uh, would never go into a church necessarily, but they sit down and have a pipe or a cigar weekly with a, uh, with a pastor. And, uh, you know that's kind of cool. Uh, I, I I like it. It's uh it's something that brings us together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, let me do this. Well, much like how this episode kind of came about based on the response from listener feedback, let, let's put this out there. If you are a pipe smoking pastor, minister, clergyman, uh, uh, or clergy person, uh, that is out there, um, and you smoke a pipe, and and you've got kind of stories about that, send them into the show. We'll kind of gather them, and if we got enough to kind of, you know, Explore. put together, yeah, a show around, uh, that'll be a great way to kind of uh, bring that out. Especially because since Pastor Joda does, you know, put this out with the mindset of not wanting to be self-serving, which of course is a very, uh, very pastoral uh, mindset to have, Pastor. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want, I want to affirm and honor that as well. So that's, that's great. So let's, uh, let's put that out there. We know that many of y'all do, and uh, we also know that many pastors do smoke pipes that listen to the show that also don't like it when we use their names. So feel free to do that and leave yourself anonymous. Uh, we will honor that as well. If, if you would like, so uh, look forward to getting some of those feedbacks and some of the mm-hmm. stories in and uh, who knows, there might be an episode that comes from that suggestion after all. Lastly, we got uh, Nathan in uh, what did Nathan have to say?
1: He says, love you fellas, a little correction to your unicorns talk that you and the listeners may find interesting. They truthfully are, they truthfully were on the Noah's Ark. Uh, Unicorns were actually in the Bible, and in the Latin are referenced as both unicorns and bicorns, uh, which are the scientific names for, drumroll, the rhinoceros. (laughs) (laughs) It is only in the past 150 to 200 years that there has been uh, a transition in the language to refer to a mythical single-horned magic horse. Uh, currently, I'm on my patio smoking a little opening night, delicious tobacco, in my homemade olive wood stubby poker. And this is from Nathan. He says, God bless. So, yeah, it's cool. You know, I never really, we always uh, have our modern day image of the unicorn, uh, which is, you know, something that belongs on a, you know, five-year-old girl's backpack, for instance. and. Yeah, I
0: carried I carried one of those earlier this morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great. Of course, um, you know, in reference of course to the uh Blokes for the Liberation of Scotland, uh where we sang the uh. the unicorn song about the unicorn's not making their way to Noah's ark. Uh mm. a long time ago when the earth was green, there were more kinds <laughs> of animals than you've ever seen. They'd run around free while the earth was being born. But the loveliest of all was the unicorn. <laughs> Green alligators and long neckties. Let's, let's just leave Some it at
3: capos. Seriously, let's, seriously,
1: let's just Some leave it as, as you've got to. You've got to get the album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I'd have to refine the voice. I like, I don't have it on there, but yeah, you, you,
1: yeah. You just have to experience the album. Yeah. <laughs> on the album like specifically on the on the album yeah oh man uh
0: yeah, So there you go there you go that's uh that, that's great thank you so much uh for for that feedback yes of course the uh the the, the lovely rhinoceros um who has been uh, circumvented by their mythological counterpart? Uh, uh, sad, sad, sad for the rhinoceros. But thanks for setting us straight, Nathan. We appreciate that. And hey, if you've got some uh, feedback for us, we would love to get it right into the show. Show at Radio dot com. You can of course, of course keep up with us throughout the week on the twitters. I'm at the real Bo York.
1: I'm at John David Cole. Or you can get us at the shop at at underscore country
0: At Squier Radio is the show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at Radio dot com. Well, man, this was a uh, yeah. This this ended up being a really really fun episode i I, you know there's something about talking about remorse that you don't expect to be fun but maybe (laughs) it's somewhat therapeutic
1: right i think it is therapeutic you kind of dive in and you're like oh man i'm not the only schmuck that uh made a mistake so you know you get to sit around and tell your war stories and then hopefully go smoke your missouri (laughs) meersham there you go yeah exactly right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the worst you, the worst you could have done is 38 dollars, and that's uh that's pretty affordable so i tell you what man like then, then
0: you're sitting back with like your, you know your, your 38 uh pipe or your corn cop pipe whatever it yeah. may be and, and you're just thinking like man this smokes even better than the 500 i
1: know i know right and it would cost less than a tank of gas you know
0: <laughs> oh man well hey uh hopefully y'all have enjoyed the show man
1: let's go have a week see you brother
2: Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM.